Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the History Hit Warfare podcast. I'm your host, James Rogers, and we've got a fascinating story for you today about Britain's most decorated spy. This is Odetta Sansom who was, well, the most decorated spy of any gender during the Second World War. Her wartime exploits and later imprisonment by the Nazis were honoured in the years after the war, but recently she's fallen out of the spotlight. So this is what we like to do on the Warfare podcast. Twice a week, I bring you my original Warfare episodes. But as a bonus, once a week, I like to reach into the Dan Snow's History Hit archives and pull out a history that deserves some attention. Larry Loftus has written a new book attempting to reinstate Odetta as one of the most celebrated members of the SOE, the Special Operations Executive, that British sabotage and espionage organisation. So... Here he is, Larry Loftus, talking to Dan Snow on Britain's Most Decorated Spy. Larry, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I've said it before, and I'll say this again, Larry, the Second World War, you think you know it, you think you've saturated yourself, and then another story comes like this out of the blue, and it's just amazing. It, it really is, and that's why I, I, I say when I give talks about this, I was depressed after after I wrote my prior book. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but Into the Lion's Mouth, which was about Dusko Popov, probably the greatest spy in history, um, and he had done all these crazy things, and he was the inspiration for Bond, and he had warned about Pearl Harbor. And I thought, I will never, ever, ever find another character like that, which is so exciting. And, I'm, and I looked for months. For months on end, I looked and could not find anything. And I'm going through every possible double agent. Uh, you know, there was too much already on Garbo, and I looked at Brutus, and I looked at all these other people. And then I stumbled across a German book. Uh, or a book by a German, Hugo Bleicher, who was uh, probably history's greatest spy catcher. And uh, he had broken a, a big allied, um, probably the largest allied circuit, spy circuit in France called Interallied. And he had become almost famous, really, in German circles because the Abwa heard about him and the Gestapo heard about him because he arrested 60 agents by himself. And so he was kind of a legend. So the Abwar basically grabbed him and took him in because they saw this guy was so talented. 
And they said, look, we're going to give you resources. We're going to turn you loose. Go out around France and catch these spy groups. So then he went after the next one, and it was called Spindle. He doesn't know the name of it, but it's called Spindle. And in his book, he writes about this woman named Lise. That's what he knows her as. It's her code name. Of course, her real name is Odette Sansom. Uh, but he writes about Lise. And the more I read, the more I was blown away. And I'm like, what, who is this woman? So, you know, I started digging and researching. And there was a there was a biography that had been written many years ago, 1949, uh, by a guy named Tickle. And so I went to the archives, the UK archives, and pulled all of her files. And Peter Churchill, commanding officer, had written three memoirs. And long story short, it was just a forgotten story in history. And it was a shame because in 1950, she was famous. Uh, she, she was the first woman to win the world, the George Cross. She was the first woman to um, to be awarded France's highest honor, the Chevalier de Legion d'Honneur, uh, uh, which is awarded by the French president. And she uh, she won all of these medals for bravery and valor. And there was a movie made, made about her in 1950. And today, no one knows about her. And so I just thought, I, I've got to tell this story because this is one of those almost too good to be true stories. Well, that's about to change with your book, of course, and this podcast. Uh, let's start with her background. She had an interesting backstory, didn't she? She did. And, and she was, without question, probably the most unlikely spy, unlikely operative you would ever find. In fact, uh, I, I don't know how much you've, you've looked into the SOE, but the Special Operations Executive uh, was not so much of a spy outfit as it was a sabotage outfit. If you remember, this was the group that had been founded specifically for sabotage, and, and Winston Churchill loved the idea, in fact, had charged them, in his words, to set Europe ablaze. And so their job, uh, the SOE's job, was to blow up behind enemy lines or, or in France to blow up uh, German barges and ammo dumps and, and bridges and all those kind of things, and, uh, and then also to supply weapons to the French resistance, which SOE would come by and they would drop, you know, they would drop arms in the middle of the night at these locations, at these various locations, and then they would have to get the weapons to them. So the SOE is is basically a sabotage outfit, and, and the, the people in it are, are essentially commandos. So you've got Odette Sampson, who is the most unlikely. She's she has zero training in military. She was a mother and, and just was the last person. And it almost came about by accident because she heard something on the radio. The, the Navy, the Royal Navy had put out a um, basically a general message on the BBC asking for people to send photos of the French coast. Well, she was French, grew up in France, grew up on the coast and had lots of photos. She had moved to, to England since then. And so she said, sure, I'll send in some photos. She wanted to do her, her part. So she sent in the photos. And next thing you know, and she's in the photos. She's in a lot of the photos. So the next thing you know, she's called in to the war office and um, thinking that they're just going to give her the photos back. Well, she was contacted by the recruiting officer of SOE who thought this is a woman who is French because she offered to do translations. And for the British, she was the needle in the haystack because to do what they wanted her to do, to be a courier, they had a hurdle because if an English woman goes to France, well, the Germans speak French too, and they can recognize someone that has an accent, a British accent, that's speaking French. So that's a danger. The Germans would know that's a spy and they would arrest her. So she's French, uh, obviously speaks fluent French without an accent. 
And so she was their needle in the haystack, and that's how they found her and recruited her. She had a heck of a time getting to France. She really did. Five tries. Um, and I want to be careful not to throw out spoilers, but there were five tries for her to get to France. Uh, on a number of occasions, you'll see in different places that she parachuted into France. In fact, on the on the um, there's a little plaque for her at Ravensbrook, and that's uh, that's what it says. She did. She didn't. She did not. Uh, parachute into France. She went by a felucca, which is like a Mediterranean sailboat. And and there's a whole history about why she didn't fly in. And I'll just leave it to say she, there were there were many attempts to get her on a plane and, and, and including one plane collision and one plane crash uh, where she could have died and, and probably should have died. So I'll leave it at that. But uh, it was very difficult for her to finally get to uh, to France, but she did. What was her job once she arrives in France? She's a courier. So every SOE circuit is what they call them, little, these little sabotage networks. Every circuit has three key people. They have the commanding officer, which in her case was Captain Peter Churchill, no relation to Winston. They have a radio operator, uh, Alec Rabinovich was his name, and then they have the courier, and that's what she was recruited for and what she did. And the courier's job is to run messages to other SOE uh, units and to the French resistance and also to run money because they did, the, the, the SOE would drop in money and then they would, they would have the courier uh, go out and, and get it to other, to get it to French resistance groups. So that's her job as a courier. It was very dangerous. In fact, what, what I tell people, because this is shocking, and this will probably shock you as well, because it shocked me. I I'd spent three years in my prior book in, in World War II and, and never knew this. The most dangerous job on the Allied side, the most dangerous job for the Allies was to be a pilot during the Battle of Britain, you know, for Bomber Command. The, the fatality rate for Bomber Command was 45%, the highest by far. Well, not by far, because right behind that, and this is the shocking part, what was number two? The, the men that landed at D-Day, that landed on the storm, the beaches of Normandy? Nope. Number two most dangerous job, based on the fatality rate, was to be a courier in France. Fatality rate was 42%. 42%. And, and the, the Allies knew that. In fact, at one of the times when she gets on a plane, they tell her to get off and she's like, why? You know, they, she was ready to fly out. And, and they said, well, we're sorry to tell you, but you're, all of the people in your circuit have just been arrested. And three of them were summarily shot because spies aren't covered under the, they're operating uh, out of uniform. They're, oper they're operating in mufti. So the, uh, the Geneva Convention doesn't cover them and both sides executed spies. So since they're out of uniform, they're considered spies and, 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 and most of them were freely shot. So and that's part of the courage of her and, and all of these people with SOE, but particularly the couriers because the fatality rate is so high. She knew going in, look, you got about a one in two chance of getting caught. And if you get caught, in all likelihood, you'll be tortured and, and probably shot. Do you still want to go? You know, and, and she did. And why was it so risky? Was it the fact that German intelligence was all over? So it basically penetrated so many of those French resistance groups? Crawling all over them. And, and, and you've got two different groups, you've, you, maybe even three different groups. You've got the German secret police, uh, but they're not nearly as powerful as the other two. And then the other two, you've got the Abwar, the German military intelligence, and they've got intelligent agents all over France. And then you've got, and of course, they're trying to break our codes just like we're breaking theirs. 
And then you've got the Gestapo and the SD, all part of Himmler's SS, which is which is the Nazi intelligence. So you've got those two groups, the uh, sorry, the SD. So you've got the the Cederdienst, or however it's pronounced in German. You've got the SD, and you've got the the Gestapo, and they're there too. And so you have all these groups, and they're looking for spies and saboteurs, and they know about the SOE. And, and they've already seen the, the results because the SOE, they're wreaking havoc in France, in particular, since that's what we're talking about. They're wreaking havoc, uh, and they're arming the French resistance, who's sabotaging German troops and with guerrilla hits and killing German soldiers and so forth. So Hitler had already made a decree, any of these people, and he's talking about SOE, he, he doesn't know what they're called, but he calls them commandos or spies. He says, they will all be shot immediately. All of them, man, woman, doesn't matter. They're all going to, they all have, by, by his order. And so that was why it was so dangerous. But the, the connection is, so Odette has to go to all of these places. Like she goes to Marseille. Marseille is crawling with all of those. German soldiers, Gestapo, SD, and Abwar. They're on the trains. They're in the cafes. They're in the restaurants. And they're looking for people like her. Okay, Tristan, you've got 50 seconds. Go. Right, so Dan's given me a few seconds to sell the Ancients podcast. What is the Ancients, I hear you say? Well, it's like Dan's show, except just ancient history. We've got the groundbreaking new archaeological discoveries. This seems to be the oldest known dated depiction of the animal world, as far as we can tell, anywhere in the world. We've got the big names. It's one of those great things, Pompeii. It's kind of forever rising from the dead and from destruction. We've got the big topics. The man destroys seven legions in a day. No one in history has done that. Subscribe to the Ancients from History Hit wherever you get your podcasts from. Oh, and Russell Crowe, if you're listening, we would love to have you on the Ancients. Spread the word, people. Spread the word. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What does she manage to achieve when she's out there in France? So immediately Peter, when, when she comes, in fact, she's not even supposed to be in Peter's group. Peter just saw this spark in her. She she was really feisty. She was, in a, in a way, in part, she was she was a little bit uh, of a danger to the FCW because she was kind of a loose cannon. She was a little bit t- temperamental, but she was a fighter, and and that's what Peter saw. She was a fighter, was fearless. She did not fear the Gestapo. She didn't fear concentration camps. She wanted to fight the Germans. She had already lost. Her father in World War One to the Germans. She had lost her mother had lost her home to the Germans. Her brother was in a military hospital, and so she had all these reasons to fight the Germans. So she was fearless, and and had no qualms about the dangers or any of that. Um, and so Peter saw that, and Peter asked London if he could have her as his courier. She was supposed to go to Lund- to uh, to Auxerre and then to Paris. And um, London cabled back and said, No, 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 we have a, another assignment for her. But he wanted her so much, he cabled back again and said, indispensable. She's indispensable. I must have her. And they said, OK, very well, you can have her. So her job and what he would send her to do is to go to these dangerous places like Marseille by herself and deliver money to different groups, SOE connections, French resistance connections. She's got to meet these people all under code names, all with secret passwords uh, at different locations at different times. Uh, all on the sly, and uh, take them messages and then bring back messages. So all of this is occurring, and sometimes messengers are left on trains. It's a very complicated racket, uh, and, and she was absolutely fearless in doing it. And then, it, so that's just the, 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 her part as a solo, but what they would do as a group, continuing with your question, what they would do as a group is she, particularly she and Peter, would go out in the wee hours of the night, three o'clock in the morning, and they would go to these fields. They they would find a field to market for a a British plane either to land or to drop supplies, either or, supplies and guns. And um, if the plane would land, that would be to drop off other agents or to pick up people that they were like, sometimes Peter has to go back to London, and so they have to light the field. And it was very hairy. In fact, the, the the I don't know if you've seen the prologue, but in the prologue, I start with one with that with one of those scenes where they're lighting a field in the middle of the night. And of course, the Germans are looking for them. The Germans have spotlights. They have uh, any aircraft guns. They're looking for these planes, and they know what they're doing. They just don't know where or when. So they scour constantly, trying to find them. And so the prologue opens with one of those scenes where they are out in a field uh, in the middle of the night in in 14-degree weather, uh, freezing to death, and uh, to light a plane. And lo and behold, it's not the plane that they think it is. It's a German plane that's (laughs) 
that's that's over their head and all hell breaks loose. So I won't spoil it, but I'll I'll leave it with that. So that's another thing that they did all the time was land planes and 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 collect their supply dumps when they're dropping uh, supplies and ammo and stuff. And tell us about the love story. Absolutely, and, and that's. Part of the appeal of, of, of when I saw this, I'm like, oh, my gosh, not only do you have this unbelievable story of courage and valor and trial. And I tell people uh, when I go out on talks, I said it's kind of like two books or two movies. I mean, you have the the ordeal element like Unbroken. I mean, everybody's familiar with the Unbroken story with Louis Zamperini and all the trials that he went through. Well, it's like that, except Louis Zamperini is a woman, Odette Sanson. But on top of that you have a, a cat and mouse chase. So in that sense, it's like the, the movie Catch Me If You Can, if you remember uh, when Tom Hanks is chasing Leonardo DiCaprio all around France and eventually catches him in Paris, which occurs with Bleicher in them. Uh, but then in, in addition to both of those scenarios, you have this love story because Peter and Odette fall in love, and, and it's almost predictable because you have a very handsome, very sharp, very accomplished man in Peter Churchill, who's a story in his own right. He was a Cambridge grad, spoke five languages, had been a diplomat, was uh, perhaps they say was Cambridge's all-time greatest hockey player. So he's this great athlete, an intellect, very sharp, very disciplined. He'd already made essentially two tours of France by the time Odette comes around. So he's the perfect commanding officer. And then you have this beautiful woman who is who is very attractive. She's slender. She's very sophisticated. And they're, and this is <laughs> this is part of the, the problem. Their cover when they go out is to be a couple so that they're not suspected is to be a couple. So when they go out to look at a field during the day to see if it'll work as a drop for that night, they're going arm in arm. So they're in Arles, France, and they're they're uh, they're reconnoitering this field, so they go out arm in arm like a couple uh, on a on a tourist uh, visit. Well, <laughs> under that kind of pressure, when you have a good-looking man, a good-looking woman, and and this relentless pressure for being chased by the Germans and so forth, and they're going as a couple anyway, uh, one thing leads to another, and they fall in love. It is impossibly romantic. <laughs> Go on, tell us what happens to them. Sure. So Bleicher, who is just amazing, he's he's part Sherlock Holmes, he's part Sam Gerard. If you remember Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive, this relentless policeman that's chasing and won't ever give up, and he's going to find every single person that he's chasing. So you have that guy chasing you, and and he eventually tracks down. Uh, first, they, the, the Gestapo gets warm when they're in Cannes, and and while Peter's away, they come to his door. The Gestapo comes to his door to arrest him, uh, but he's not there. And so word travels back, and he gets the message, hey, the Gestapo, so they have to move. So they move to the most unlikely, most hidden, most perfect place to Annecy, France, in the, uh, in the Savoy. And it's it's just just breathtaking, you know. It's 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 right on the it's right on the border of the of the Swiss Alps. I mean, it's it's part of the French Alps and looks just like Switzerland. And so you have this most romantic, beautiful destination. Certainly, the Gestapo won't be there. Certainly, the Germans won't be there. I mean, it's this little town, and it's set in the Alps, and it's on the very edge of France. Well, lo and behold, they are there. They they they're in Annecy. Peter and Odette go to just a little bit five miles south of there 
to a little town called um, St. Jorias, but it's right on the lake. These are both right on Lake Annecy. And so Bleicher tracks him down, that rascal, and uh, he arrests him. And and they're they're both taken to uh, interrogated, of course, and they're taken to uh, prison. He takes them back to Paris and they're in prison at Friend Prison. Uh, it's a long story, but uh, they're both through through the history of all this. They're they're beaten. They're uh, she's tortured. Uh, it's 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 really a it's a worst case nightmare uh, for them, for both of them. They're starved. Uh, but the interesting thing is, and, and, and we've been contacted, my agent's been contacted by five different Hollywood groups about, and we've been given actually a couple offers, which we've turned down so far, uh, for, for doing a, a film, um, for film rights, because there's so much of this stuff that's amazing. And one of the things, and, and, and a couple of people have said this, this Bleicher guy, uh, these Hollywood people have said this, this Bleicher guy is Academy Award bait. Because on the one hand, he's relentless like Tommy Lee Jones in that movie. But on the other hand, he's a gentleman. He's, he, is, um, he, he doesn't do anything bad to people. I mean, granted, his job is to arrest. He's German. He has to arrest people as part of his job. But once he arrests them, he feels guilty. I mean, he, you know, he has to send them to friend prison, and he turns them over to the SS because they run all the prisons. But then he feels guilty because he knows they're going to be starved. They might be tortured. They might be beaten. And so he looks after them. So he starts calling on them. He brings them food. I mean, he could have been shot for the things that he started doing for them. And he, I think he really feels guilty. And so you have this whole other side of this guy where once he's done his job in arresting them, he becomes, I'm convinced, really, I believe that he saw Peter as a true friend. And I think he was smitten by Odette from the beginning because he knew she would never talk. He knew she would not give out any names. And um, he, he just admired her deeply. And I think he was smitten by her. So you have this whole character who has... To, you know, the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, he's this relentless policeman that arrests him. And then once he does, he's, he's, you know, like their best friend. He wants to help them. And he says all the time, can I do anything else? Can I do anything else? And he goes out of his way to take food to him. He takes Peter out to lunch, lets him shower at his house, lets him shave, cleans him up. All of this, which would get Hugo immediately arrested by the Gestapo if they found out and probably shot for treason. How does the war end for these two? Are they are they held together or are they held separately? Both. They are held separately in in almost all cases. They eventually go from from um, they're they're initially they're imprisoned in Italy and then and then they are imprisoned in France in Paris at, at Friend Prison and then they're shipped off to Germany, both of them to different places to different concentration camps. She goes to Ravensbrück, he goes to Sausenhausen, and then from there they take different paths. It is an ordeal for both of them, an incredible ordeal. Uh, and I won't spoil it. I won't spoil the ending, but I will say there's a happy ending. <laughs> it's a happy ending for both of them. Well, that's great news. Great news. What's the name of the book, Larry? Codename Lease. The, the full title is Codename Lease, the true story of the woman who became World War II most highly decorated spy. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Good luck with it all. Dan, thanks, thanks for having me on.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. And before you go, remember, as a Warfare listener, you get a special discount at History Hit. Subscribers get access to blissfully, uninterrupted, ad-free podcasts and thousands of hours of history documentaries. You've got everything from the American Revolution to my own documentaries like Traces of War, Weapons of War and 24 Hours in Normandy, where I follow in the footsteps of the Green Howards on D-Day from their beach landings to being awarded the Victoria Cross and all the way through their first day where they made it seven miles inland further than any other British or American unit. So head over to historyhit.com forward slash subscribe or follow the link in the show notes and use the code WARFARE to get 50% off your next three months. That's the code WARFARE to get 50% off. And if you're an Apple listener, you can subscribe for new ad-free episodes within the app. So give it a go. I know you're gonna love it.